welcome to Happy You're Here podcast. I'm your host, Haley, and I'm so happy you're here. Today I have my best friend of the month. I'm just kidding. My best friend forever. Her name is Tara. She's going to be in this episode, and it's going to be about a bunch of different things, about universities, about her college experience, and how she did the traditional route and how it worked out for her, and stuff in that realm. We also talk about anxiety, so if you have any triggers about that, go ahead and skip on over, which is just fine, and let's get into the episode. All right, I have multiple best friends, and this is one of them, Kara. She's here to join me today. So the first question I'm going to ask her is, what made you happy today? Um, you could great say question. two things, three things, however many you want. So first off, being on this podcast makes me very happy <laughs> oh. to be asked. I'm so honored. Oh, thank you. Um, the second thing would have to be uh, the girl that I babysit for started potty training today. Oh, that's so, so being a part of that has been really cool. It's so cool to see some, like, development and the people that you babysit probably because you're, like, seeing them every day and you get to see them grow. Because you're, oh, like, totally. kind of like a mom. Yeah, I feel like a mom. <laughs> you're, like, actually <laughs> It makes mom. me very excited to be a mom. Oh, Absolutely. that's so exciting. Yeah. Um, so two things that made me happy today was, um, let's see. Well, I went to breakfast this morning, and I haven't been to breakfast in a very long time. Yeah. Eggs and things. I know you love eggs and I things, do. right? I yeah. <laughs> I got some crepes and some French toast. Yum. Delicious. And then I went to Target and spent a lot of money that I didn't need to spend. Target always makes me happy. I know you love Target. I love Target. <laughs> I, like, I'm probably there every single day. Really? What are some staples? Ooh, jasmine rice. Oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> Jas- Jasmine's rice is a go-to. I probably buy like six packs every time I go there. What? Yeah. and I thought um, you were going to say some makeup or something. And no, you said I don't really rice. wear makeup. I would say exercise clothes or jasmine's yeah. rice or like the gluten-free food there. Oh, yeah. Really you good. You do love a good gluten-free <laughs> staple. So – um, from last week's episode, we talked about the non-traditional life um, of like after high school and the careers and stuff. So uh, in today's podcast, we're going to talk about how Tara went the quotations perfect way after high school. She went straight to college. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So straight after high school, I went to Cal State San Marcos, mm-hmm. which is right next to Oceanside and Carlsbad. I went with a intent to get a business degree with a uh, communications minor. Oh, interesting. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh I only – I picked that major because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And it was so broad that I felt like it could just apply to anything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I, I went there. I really didn't want to go there to begin with, though. I just was so trained, I would say, my entire life to go straight to a university mm. that – when that was one of the few schools that accepted me because I did not get into my top schools, I just felt like I had to go. So I forced myself to, and that whole transition was really hard. I probably cried for like two weeks straight. And that's crazy (laughs) because like everybody thinks like the college life is like what makes you happy in your 20s. And like when you're 18, like you get to go and move out. Like your parents wait for the day you move out and like move you into college. And like it's interesting that you didn't have that same experience. Like what were the reasons why? Uh, I lived with six 18-year-old girls <laughs> and, a, and a little three-bedroom apartment. So there was two girls to each room. And you paid money for that. A lot <laughs> a of money. Lot, a lot <laughs> of money. Um, I would say that. And um, I went into college 
with a relationship, the relationship mm-hmm. I'm still in, the relationship I was in in high school. Yeah. So I was surrounded by a bunch of single, fun, and flirty girls yeah. whose main thing was to get into a sorority, mm-hmm. where my whole main thing was to stay in my relationship, stay in a healthy relationship, and play club volleyball yeah. and finish my degree as fast as I can. Um, so I think that the dynamic just didn't match me. Mm-hmm. I was constantly pressured mm-hmm. to like have more fun or go out with them or, you know, like stop complaining, stop studying. Yeah. And it just, it just didn't match the girls that I was with, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Which is hard because when you have roommates, like you want to be best friends and like you want to have that relationship with them, but sometimes you just don't. And so yeah. like, that was probably really difficult for you to accept, like not being able to have that relationship that everybody thinks you have with your college roommate growing up. Right. Yeah. And I was I was always told growing up that you'll meet your best friends in college. Like you'll meet your bridesmaids, you'll meet your aunts oh, to your kids. So hard. And so I was really good friends with actually my roommates, I would say like the first two months. It was like we were on um a honeymoon phase. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people said. Yeah. And then just excuse my language shit hit the fan (laughs) yeah things went sour for sure I remember I remember you would call me and like I would be like asking you like oh my gosh like how is it and the first two months you were like I can kind of tell you're a little bit off but I was like maybe it's just the adjusting like maybe she just needed some time especially like especially your relationship like you guys went from having like seeing each other almost every day being together 24 7 yeah having our friend group all be friends and like always being together and then long distance so like that transition was hard for you right uh yes I mean I (laughs) funny story (laughs) um our senior trip oh yeah the Bahamas uh, yes I was it was the last night out you know we were all (laughs) drinking having some fun and uh, a kid not gonna name names. <laughs> told me that oh, my no. that my partner was just going to find someone else hotter and better <laughs> in college. So that was not Ooh. fun to hear. And so I definitely, in the back of my mind, had that mentality going in of like, yeah. oh my god, like what if he finds someone since I'm not around anymore, mm-hmm. or I find someone? Like it could have happened both ways. Yeah. Um. So that was terrifying, but if anything, I think it made my relationship a lot stronger. Yeah, it made the heart grow fonder, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it was it was really hard. I cried every single day. Yeah. I even cried every single day, mostly when I was in San Marcos, just because I always wanted to be home. And I found myself coming home every single weekend. That's so interesting, because so. people always go to college to get away from their home life and to get away from, like, the cycle of their hometown. And, like... Our hometown is small, so it's like we know everyone. Everyone knows each other's story, and so like you probably coming back was difficult for you because you didn't want to seem like a f- not like a failure, but you didn't want to seem like you know. Yeah, I mean, the reason I went away to college would the main reason would probably be because I was running away from home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I hated living at home. My yeah. family dynamic, everything about it, and then the reason I came home was because I hated living with those girls. Like, yeah, I was. I was never happy because wherever I was situated, it there was always like something else that was bothering you about it. Yeah. And like you couldn't escape that. So thinking like in your like 17 year old head, you're like, okay, I'm going to go to college. It's going to be great. Just like everyone says, like on social media, when you see girls post about like sororities and like mm-hmm. getting in sororities and like their party nights and like formal dates and fraternities. And it's like this cool experience that you get to see from the outside. But sometimes like, once you're in the inside, it's like 
horrible. And like, you probably constantly compared yourself to those girls and it probably made you feel terrible. Yeah. I mean, I knew I wasn't like them though. Yeah. That's the thing. Like there was just such different characteristics that I had and they had. Um, Like for one, I'm very athletic and I found myself trying out for the club volleyball team, playing club volleyball at San Marcos while these girls were going to sororities Mm -hmm. and going to frat parties. And here I was going to, I mean, we went to Colorado because yeah. we were, our volleyball team was so good. And so it was just two different personalities, didn't work. And with college, I would say go if you absolutely know what you're going to do in your career. Yeah. If you have no idea what you want to major in and you're just going to kind of figure it out, I don't recommend that because then yeah. you feel even more stuck and then you have to come home and then you have to fight that whole ego thing of, oh, now I have to go to community college. Yeah. Or like – you know, stuff like that. So I'd recommend for people who are listening, <laughs> uh, don't go to college to a four-year university, might I say, unless you know what mm-hmm. major you want. Yeah. I think people love to say like, oh, yeah, I'm going to college. I go to this college, et cetera. But like they don't know what they're doing. So yeah. and it's hard once you move away from home. That's an adjustment. First of all, if you've never even moved in the first place, like that's an adjustment. And then also like the social part of it, if you're not in a sorority or like in a club or anything, like it must be really difficult to make friends. Like it must have been really hard for you to make friends because it's easy for you to make friends like in a setting of people, of some people that you know, but I can see that it could be difficult. Yeah, I, I'm an outgoing person, Yeah, but I, when it comes to friendships, I have um, very few, but that's because I take quality over quantity, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Um, and so I really didn't make a lot of friends out there. I mean, I tried to, but I just, I also feel like I was being too much of a perfectionist, trying mm-hmm. to find the perfect person who matched me. Because you had that pressure of everyone saying, like, you're going to find those best friends in college. You're going to find right. your bridesmaids. So you were probably thinking about that. Yeah, I just, I felt like there was just a lot of people who didn't match what I wanted to surround myself with. Yeah. But also that's me being, like, hard on people and being judgy. Mm-hmm. And so I, like, contradicted myself in a lot of ways of wanting to be a better person and wanting to be friends with everyone. Mm-hmm. And judging people and not being (laughs) friends with anyone yeah and so it it was hard and having standards for friends can be hard because not everyone is going to be like yourself like not everyone's going to be like the both of us because me and Tara are super similar so obviously we confide in each other for like basically the same things but I'd say we're not very like friend group people like I'd say for my for speaking for myself it's definitely difficult to be like in a friend group because you know people talk and like get it gets back to you and then like there's tension and it's just never been like really a thing for me and the same for you like yeah. it's always been difficult so I think we confide in each other for that and um but I want to know some stories about college so do you have any like stories they can be funny they can be sad but I just want to know I feel like it would be good for the listeners to hear about some college stories yeah I have a few okay. <laughs> let me hear it um well let me just say that going to college as much as it was really really bad for me emotionally and mentally Mm -hmm. I got the most growth out of it because I it tested you yeah I depended on myself and I I grew as like a more independent person I would say I'm very dependent Mm -hmm. so like yeah you totally like and learning how to grow on my own was really nice but um I was in a support group there and I met so many like genuine awesome girls that I still talk to today but um so not all of it was bad. <laughs> no, not all just of, a lot it was of it was bad. But like just like some funny ones. I remember it was like 
the last week of college, like our first year. And so everyone's going crazy, going to parties. And I was like, and I didn't really go to a lot of parties. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the last weekend, I went out with a few of my volleyball teammates and we went to this frat party. And I was like, oh, I have like a, a bottle of Svedka in my in my own mini fridge. Let me just say that. <laughs> in her six girls and how many rooms? Three. Uh, three. So two to oh. each room. Yeah. So I had my own mini fridge in my room just for like my special foods and like my alcohol so no one could take it. And I was like, awesome. Like I have a whole bottle. I can just share this with my like volleyball girls. Yeah. I'm going to have so much fun. And we're at a party. I'm holding the bottle and I go take a swig. It's straight water. Oh. <laughs> it's straight water. And I was like, no way. Like, let me think about this for yeah. a second before I start, like, blaming people. Mm-hmm. And I text my roommates, and I was like, bro, did you, like, take my alcohol and then fill it with water and then put it back in my fridge? You used to do fridge? that to your parents. And I know that. <laughs> I did that with my parents when I was in, like, middle school. I remember we did it in high school, too. Yes. <laughs> so I, I – it's a classic trick. Yeah, no, it I is. I did it. So I, I know exactly what they did. Yeah. Everyone denied it. Still don't know to who to this day, like, who did it. They denied it? Yes, absolutely they denied it. So oh, I'm oh still my. trying to figure out who stole my alcohol. <laughs> Three years later? Yes. Oh, my God. I have an inkling of, like, who it was. But really? we're not going to name names. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other stories? That's so annoying because they went – that means they went into your room – they opened your mini fridge yeah, in your side of the room, not even like your full room because you had to share it. So like that is such a – that's so disrespectful because they could have easily asked. They could have been like, hey, do you have it? And even if you were to say no, it's nice to ask. Yeah. But like, oh, my gosh, that probably made you feel enraged. I would have <laughs> felt so mad. I was like dumbfounded. I was like, what is going on? Like, yeah. This is just like the cherry on top that has just solidified my – very very crappy experience in college girls still my alcohol like come on that was <laughs> like just, i needed that yeah <laughs> for once i'm trying to have fun and you just like ripped it right underneath me yeah um yeah i have another story let me just think i have two but let me think what's one better i think that you should talk about the decoration one so tara was telling me about a decoration <laughs> one and let me tell you in my opinion i think that a dorm if one person wants to decorate um that person should fund it if nobody else agrees, <laughs> that person should fund it. Like, I don't I don't get it. I'm not a big decorator. So, I mean, maybe that's a biased opinion. But, like, you should, you should say that one because that yeah. one's a little yeah, controversial. That's a fun one. <laughs> um, okay, so I know I've said this a lot, but I've lived with six 18-year-old girls. In Just think about it for a apartment. second if you're listening. Six girls, okay? Six of them. 18 in a three-bedroom. So two each room. But they weren't even bedrooms. They were, like, the size of, like, a bathroom and a half. They were, like four by four I don't even know what that's actually <laughs> but rooms it was so tiny yeah so there was really no privacy any of that but in order to try to make the experience a little bit better I had one roommate who loved decorating mm-hmm. and she tried to decorate every single holiday so Christmas Easter Halloween Easter. yeah she decorated for everything <laughs> and so come Christmas time uh she bought a bunch of decorations text all of us in a group chat and said hey um, I bought decorations. You you all owe six dollars. Like, <laughs> like not even like not even like fifteen. No, like it was six dollars. Six dollars okay. from five people. Jeez, yeah. how much did she spend on decorations? I don't know. I mean, it really doesn't matter. I was so I was hanging out with two of the roommates when that group text was sent, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, like, come on, why do we have to decorate? Like, yeah, yeah, sure. I was being ungrateful and like I, venting though. 
in a way, I should have just kept my mouth shut when I look. When <laughs> at I least looked, you're honest. When I look back at it, I just my mouth got me in a lot of issues, and mm-hmm. I know that now, and I, it even still does. But I said, you know, like, dude, like, I don't want to decorate, mm-hmm. you know. And that came off as I don't want to pay her the six dollars, and oh my I'm like, gosh. and then I'm cheap or yeah. something like that. And so the girl comes home, goes straight to my dorm room, and was like, you know what, Tara, like. You're so ungrateful. I'm trying to decorate, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and was like, quote, she said, you are so selfish. Try being a, more, a little more selfless. How would that make you selfless? I don't get that. By paying $6? I don't know. <laughs> so you know what I did? I bet $6. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I did? <laughs> I said, keep it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's $6. Like, it's not a big deal. But, yeah. you know, I was just treated like crap. Hmm. And I know a lot of it was me. You know, unfortunately. But I think your personalities just didn't align. And it's hard. It's hard when you live with someone. Because when you live with someone, it's like every single day, they see every every phase of you. Like your morning, your night, like your day-to-day. Like when you're not having a good day. So it's not like you can mask yourself. Yeah. And every single time something like an – I had arguments with these girls. Like probably throughout the entire year living with them. Probably like 20 times. Oh, that's so And I would say like more like 75% of those fights, they always came to me afterwards and apologized. Mm-hmm. You know, there was one girl who just like was always on me about one thing or the another, but she, at the end of the day, she'd always come to me and apologize because I think, I think all of them were really good people. I just think that, like you said, our personalities clashed mm-hmm. and we all had a lot of growing up to do. Yeah. And 18. It, yeah. It just, it just didn't work. It yeah. just didn't work. So, yeah. and I think some people believe like, like I said, like college roommates are going to be your bestest friends. So it's a huge disappointment when they're not. And when like they took your gluten stuff and stuff like that, <laughs> like that is hard because you had that like issue with getting diagnosed that. So let's talk a little bit about your health journey when it comes to that. Sure. Yeah. So I would say really all began when I was in elementary school, always mm-hmm. had an upset stomach, always, you know, throwing up, TMI, sorry. But, um, <laughs> and I just always had really, really bad stomach issues. And then it uh, progressed through middle school and high school. And then it wasn't until um, my freshman year of college that mm-hmm. I was just so, so sick. And then I started getting chest pain. And so I went to so many cardiologists, got like EKGs done, had all like the heart murmur tests because mm-hmm. I thought it had something to do with my heart. Yeah. Um, and then when I came home for winter break from college, that's when I went and got an endoscopy, which is mm-hmm. where they put a tube down your throat <gasps> and take a stomach, your like, stomach lining. And Oh my uh, God. Yeah. And so that's when they found out I had celiac disease, which is an autoimmune disease that makes you intolerable to gluten so that's Mm -hmm. like your bread that's your flour that's your sweets and everything that would include flour yeah your pasta yeah Uh, I miss out on pasta (laughs) Tara loves pasta like literally loves pasta she goes to reds you don't get pasta you get mac and cheese right Oh, I did. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I did. Pass. Yeah. She loves pasta. All things pasta. So when you got diagnosed with that, like, what was your reaction? Do you think that you knew? Do you think like you were surprised? I called Nick and I said I'd rather die. <laughs> <laughs> That's how dramatic I am. I was like, I'd rather die without living mm-hmm. with normal bread, normal pasta, yeah. normal pizza, and so. I didn't do it for a while. Like I didn't incorporate the diet of eating gluten free. And how did that make you feel? 
Terrible? Terrible. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Because it, it, also with eating gluten, with any normal person who can eat it, you get bloated. Yeah. And, you know, you just you feel like crap. Yeah. And so for a while, I didn't do it. And then finally, I was like, you know what? I feel like crap and mm-hmm. I need to do better. And if I have an autoimmune disease, that's serious. Okay? Yeah. I need to take care of my body. Yeah. And so for I would say for like two and a half years now, I've been gluten-free. Mm-hmm. So that includes like the cauliflower pizzas. Oh. You know? <laughs> the boring stuff. Yeah, the I remember stuff. before you got diagnosed, you loved anything sweet. Like I look back at my Snapchat memories and there's like a picture of you <laughs> eating a bagel with like cream cheese and chocolate chips on it because yes. you needed something sweet after like we drank the night before. <laughs> and like it's just crazy because you love sweet. It's like you were literally addicted to them. <laughs> I still am, but I make really bomb gluten-free like cookies and brownies and stuff. Oh, I want some. Can you make me some? I can. For my birthday? I can. <laughs> it's so exciting. Yeah. No, I make really, really – like I've found a way to make everything gluten-free. Like, oh, that's The so one cool. thing that they don't make in stores that's gluten-free is orange chicken. And I miss you orange. love orange yes, chicken. I miss orange chicken so much. So me and Nick have made a really, really good recipe for oh, orange that's chicken. So cool. So you know, you do what you gotta do. Yeah. So you incorporate like your diagnosis into like your everyday life and your favorite things, which is cool yeah, for your health journey. Absolutely. But I bet it definitely took a toll on like your mental health and how it made you feel. Well, yeah, I would say during the time. I was very, very depressed because of my living situation in San Marcos. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a lot of family issues that caused me to be in support groups. And then that caused me to be on antidepressants, anxiety meds, and then being told that now I can't eat my favorite foods. And I know that sounds dramatic, but I just felt like one thing after another, things are being thrown my way and I just couldn't catch a break. Yeah. Um, and so that's definitely, so when you were on antidepressants, like, do you think it helped you or like, what was your depression like? Um, I would never say I was depressed, mm-hmm. even though I was on antidepressants. I think I was just really, really unhappy with how my life had been so far mm-hmm. and like the events that took place in my life. Yeah. Um, and they did not help at all. I had one that made me so mopey. I had no energy. I slept all the time. Mm-hmm. I wasn't myself. And I yeah. remember going to my mom and saying, like, I'm not myself. I haven't cried in, like, two weeks. Oh, that's not like you. <laughs> because physically, like, tears just would not form. Yeah, like, a I lot of people I, on antidepressants. Feel right, like, like I couldn't feel emotions. And I was like, this is driving me even more insane. And mm-hmm. then I switched to the anxiety medication. And then that made me gain weight. And then there's there's no perfect one out there. Yeah. And so finally, like, after going through therapy and the support groups and, you know, trying to do better with, like, my, my entire journey in life. Yeah. Finally, I was like, you know what? I just want to like cut cold turkey get off everything because I'm tired of putting the substance in my body that in a way is controlling me and I I want to control my pain I want to control how I heal how I feel Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah that's what what I did that's so crazy because you would have never if like if you look at Tara's social media and like back to those times like you would never guess that you went through all of that stuff in college and like getting celiac disease and like dealing with that and like being having anxiety and dealing with that like you would never know so it's crazy that like you can mask so much like without even intentionally doing so oh yeah like even, no one would ever know I yeah mean, like even now if you look at my Instagram it, I would say it's like ideally like a picture perfect world yeah and I'm going through shit now yeah like you know so and I think that's everyone mm-hmm. in life is we like I, I know you've posted this before but that um Instagram's like a uh a highlight reel. A highlight reel, yeah. right, right, right. And 
I use it, which is bad. I use it as a way to make myself happy too. Because yeah. I'm like, wow, I look pretty in this. Let's post it and get mm-hmm. a crap ton of compliments. And yeah. so as much as that's toxic thinking, that's what I need right now. Mm-hmm. I think you're a words of affirmation person because I am too. Yeah. What's your love language? Words of affirmation? I was actually just talking to Nick about this. Um, <laughs> I would say um, verbal. Uh, words of affirmation? Yes. Yeah. And um, – Physical, meaning like holding hands. Physical touch, yeah. So there's five. There's um, words of affirmation, physical touch, acts of service, receiving gifts, and quality time. So hmm. honestly, I could say I'm all of them. but yeah, I And I think so. I think yours is all of them as well. Um, but I'm my number one is physical touch, and my second is quality time. Yeah. And my third is words of affirmation. So obviously, I love getting all of them from, like, my friends, especially my relationship as well. But, like... I think that you're definitely a words of affirmation person and it's difficult when you don't get that back because Tara is just such a genuine person. So when she doesn't get it back, like it, it hurts because that's how I am. Like when I don't get, I don't, I don't want to say like a huge thank you or like, like stuff like that, but like just appreciation, I think is what I mean of like not being able to get that back in certain situations when you do something for someone or like you do something for someone and they're not as like appreciative, like it can definitely hurt a little bit. So I get what you're saying when it comes to that, but you're definitely a words of affirmation (laughs) person. And I think that's why we cater each other so well Yeah, is because we know that about each other. And even though we might differ in other things, Mm -hmm we still have the respect for one another to like make sure we're okay and like give each other what we need. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in a lot of my other friendships, it's like just the complete opposite. And I feel like going back to like, no one would know about what you're going through. It's because no one asks. Yeah. And I I feel like you and I ask each other, Yeah, you know, because we're not, we're not perfect. Yeah. No no one's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. And I I know when you're down. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's very noticeable with, with you. It's very hard for me to mask my feelings when it comes to Tara, but it's, that's so true. Like nobody knows how you're doing unless they ask. Like I feel like in friendships, it's easy to think about, like sometimes you can think about you owe each other like each other's time because you're friends but like sometimes I'm not gonna always want to be down to hang out or like go out and like a simple me saying hey I'm not down for this but like your reaction towards that like means everything so it's like crazy because you know exactly how to react but like in other friendships it can be difficult because not everyone is like me and I think I have to remind myself that constantly yeah because I have I don't want to say I have an old soul because that just means I had to grow up fast because I mean I did yeah I did have to grow up fast I grew up worrying about my brothers and like drugs and addiction and stuff like that but I think yeah I just think it's crazy that we both have the same kind of experiences of like growing up and having that old soul that people talk about yeah but like you said it's because we had to grow up fast and that's yeah. sad no it is sad but <laughs> we both really know sad. we both know like ourselves a lot and I think we know how to deal with each other uh, yeah, super super easily and I think if you guys don't have a friendship like that you need to reevaluate the yeah. people in your life because having a friend isn't just a person to like hang out with and like to be in the presence of it's so much deeper than that and sure you can have like not as deep friendships but like you do need those like staple friends. Like I know you have a bunch of different friendships. You don't have a friend group, but you have friendships that you confide in for different people. Yeah. And I think that helps you a lot. Like you have a, like talk about your friends a little bit and how like the different things that you confide in them. And I'll talk about mine because it's super interesting to me 
Because all of your friends are super different. Oh, so different. So different. I, yeah. yeah. I have, <laughs> yeah, very, very different. But mm-hmm. each one, like, serves me in a way of, like, what I need to fulfill my life. Like, I've had a friend that I consider my family mm-hmm. because our families grew up together. And she's protected me since day one. Yeah. Whether that be, like, from a bully or, like, from a family member or she's always, always protected me. So mm-hmm. in that specific friend, I confide in them in, like, something that's involved with protection. Yeah. Like, I need you to validate me that I'm doing okay or, yeah. you know. And you have somebody to be like, okay, I'll handle it if you don't want to handle it. And that's a lot. That's yeah. so – that's major. Yeah, she will be in my life forever. Yeah. And I think everyone needs a friend like that. And then mm-hmm. I have, like – um a few other friends that there's really no like emotional intellectual conversation but yeah. rather just like easygoing and offers that fun time yeah like quote unquote we all need fun time yeah. i know it's so it's so easy to have these deep friendships and like just constantly confide in each other for deep issues and deep things but those fun friends are so special and i think we're friend fun friends too yeah i think, I think we're a little bit of everything yeah i was going to say i think we each have different friends that we confide in for different things but i always come back to you for like literally anything yeah like no matter what it is I know and like I said before we recorded this podcast like I told Tara she's like one of the most respectful people like I don't think (laughs) I don't think you would ever disrespect me in a way of like with words or like anything like that because you know how it feels to be disrespected absolutely to be told that you're too sensitive or you're too dramatic when things happen and were you ever told like you were too dramatic growing up well first off I want to hear about your friends (laughs) what friends you confide in about um so I have a longtime friend that I confide in for like past history things that mm-hmm. I talk about and like issues I had growing up that she really understands because we grew up together yeah and I think having a friend to talk about things that she experienced with me is super helpful and then I have a best friend that I just pick up whenever we go everywhere together yeah and she's just always there all the time like we do things every single week three times a week like it doesn't matter like I could see her a month from now like it's just like a nice to have that friend but I feel like I do confide in my friends for a bunch of different things yeah um but I do have a fun friend that I go like (laughs) to Newport with and I go to like um to the beach with and stuff like that and like our families we've grown up together our moms are best friends and so we go she makes me experience things that I would say no to and I think we all definitely need a friend like that like it's it's definitely hard for me to want to go out all the time and like yeah I can say no but sometimes I really just need to do things and like get out and um yeah so my friends are all very different but they're super similar in different ways and my fun friend was on last week week's podcast as well (laughs) hi Gage hi Gage (laughs) I don't know if you're listening maybe you're over it but um yeah he's he's the one that's like fun the fun friend and then obviously like my relationship is everything just like yours is yeah like that's what a relationship is but yeah those are my friends so thanks for the question thanks so much So growing up, I was always told that I was way too sensitive. Um, I was dramatic when it came to certain things. And also, let me say that everyone says I'm dramatic for my fear of needles. And (laughs) I just want to talk about this because Tara's going to be a nurse um, in the next coming years, (laughs) which is so exciting, by the way. And so I have a dramatic fear of needles. And I got my blood drawn the other day, and I didn't pass out. Woohoo! 
shout out to Chanel. I just really needed to say <laughs> that. But before that, I felt like I was being so dramatic and so sensitive because like I'm just scared of it. Right. And so it's difficult for me to show that I'm scared about something because I don't want to be told that I'm too sensitive or too dramatic. And first of all, I don't think there's I don't think you can be too sensitive about like emotional things. Like I think anybody can feel however they want to feel. So I just wanted to ask, like, have you ever been told you were too dramatic about a situation or too sensitive about something? Simple answer, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why do you think that? Um, well, why do they think that? Yeah, is oh, the real true. Question. You're right. You're, you're no, schooling I'm, me over I'm, here. I'm very sensitive. Um, and a lot of people take that as a flaw, but I think it's like my best quality. Me too. I think and one it, of my yeah. best qualities is that too. And it's taken me a while to love that about myself because of the backlash I did receive because yeah. of it. Like I've been told by my mom and dad that I'm way too sensitive. I me cry too. too much. And that's just because I think they grew up in a different generation. Mm-hmm. And like, even with their parents yeah. were strict on them about, you know, I don't know. It's just, I think that's, that's, that's why they say that yeah me too. um but I've even been told by friends which, mm-hmm. I, which I don't think is cool I remember in high school like you would be so upset when people would call you dramatic about certain things or your fears and like yeah I remember how that affected you and how it gave you a lot of anxiety because it's not cool when you when you hear that about yourself like yeah you don't want to be a friend because it's like you're supposed to be uplifting me yeah. and like you can even you can tell me I am because I love crit like credit or what is it uh, constructive criticism. yeah that <laughs> so I'll take that yeah all day and I think that is your personality. Like, it's so easy for you to be like, okay, I'm sorry I made you feel that way and let's I'm going to work it. on it and let's fix it. And, like, that's why it's so easy to be friends with you because it's never, like, this tension or, like – because if something is wrong, like, I feel comfortable enough to tell you right and vice you. versa. Yeah, yeah, so it's definitely – everyone also needs a friend that wants to fix things <laughs> yes. and wants to be in the wrong sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I have so many friendships that I can just look back on and ended because – we never talked about the issues. Mm-hmm. And like, I know so many people in my life who do that. They just move on act like, and nothing happened. Yeah. And I, that's not me. Yeah, I, I do that talk- sometimes. It's definitely not a good trait to have. <laughs> yeah, I need I need to talk about what happened, how mm-hmm. I'm feeling, how you're feeling. Yeah. And then move on and like fix it. Because I just, I, how can you move on in a healthy relationship without talking about everything yeah a healthy relationship friendship yeah with your parents especially and I think when you said like growing up your parents didn't have that sensitivity in that generation and I think even for everything like our parents didn't have a lot of sensitivity for everything in that to injustice to certain words and like it's it's difficult to be growing Mm -hmm. up with old school parents because they just don't get it sometimes yeah and um being called sensitive I personally don't think it's a bad thing. Like I would, I would rather be sensitive than like a stone. Yeah. Like (laughs) than like a stone cold bitch. Like, I just think it's better to be known as a person who feels so much emotion and takes on other emotions than somebody who just is careless and like doesn't care about things. Yeah. And so how do you deal with like being sensitive? Like, do you think it's something that makes you anxious of being sensitive or because when I'm, when I'm anxious, I definitely am scared or when I feel like I'm being sensitive, I'm scared people are going to perceive me as a sensitive person. But then I have to tell myself, like, this isn't – this is a good thing. Like, it's a beautiful thing to be sensitive about things because you have a big heart. Yeah. And having a big big heart should be an important factor. Right. Yeah. yeah so if you asked me this a couple years ago, I – my answer would be, like, I hide it. Mm-hmm. And I, like – just move on with mm-hmm. the situation or like I'll feel embarrassed and confide in like one person and they'll just tell me I'm being 
over dramatic. Yeah. Which just made the situation oh worse. Gosh, but I yeah. just I bit my tongue. But now that you asked me that, um, I've learned to say screw everyone and mm-hmm. this is me. And if you don't like that I'm sensitive, then don't be in my life. Yeah. And I think I need to learn that too. If, yeah. if no if somebody doesn't like the full trait of me, which I think is being sensitive and being an empath, right. like there's no way that our friendship or relationship or whatever it is can move forward because being sensitive is me. Yeah, exactly. And so saying like, no, like I don't care what you think about me. Like I'm going to choose my sensitivity and myself over you. Like that's a big deal. So you should be proud of yourself Thank that you, you came that far to be able to do that because it's even still hard for me now to this day. Right. Yeah. And I think it is for anyone really though, but like especially in high school. I let the words of everyone's opinions affect me so, so, so much. I think we all did, but yeah, Yeah. you really did. Like so much to the point where I'd let it like change how I dress, change how I look, change how I do things, change how I talk. Mm -hmm. And like I had to be reminded so many times by my relationship, Nick, that, you know, like screw those people. Like it doesn't matter. Like you're not in this world to impress others, Mm -hmm. but rather yourself and people you like. I mean, really, you don't even need to impress the people you love. Yeah. But because they love you for a reason. And that's for being. I mean, I started doing a thing that's helped a lot with how I deal with my anxieties, but telling myself, like looking myself in the mirror and even having Nick tell me, yeah, I'm strong, I'm beautiful, I'm smart. Mm-hmm. And I say that three times. I am strong. I am beautiful. I am smart. And I say it until I truly believe it. Mm-hmm. And I still kind of don't believe it. <laughs> but I, I say it when I'm scared, when I'm anxious, when I'm feeling defeated. I mean, yeah. with all the school decisions coming out over the last couple of weeks, I probably said those three words to me thousands of times. Yeah. Because I needed to remind myself that I'm worthy of myself. Mm-hmm. You You complete yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's really special that you get to find that little thing that helps you the most. Like when I deal with my anxiety, it's like when I feel – when I have like a bodily reaction to it, like yesterday before I was getting my blood drawn, I was like really nervous and I felt like I was going to psych myself into passing out Mm -hmm. and like nothing else would make me pass out except my own mental issues. And so whenever I feel a bodily reaction to anxiety, I always get an ice cube and I put it on my wrist, my neck, or I suck on it. Yeah. Because it shocks your um, system into like, oh my God, this is so cold. And it like gets your mind off of it. And I did it and it like instantly calmed me down. And like obviously it's not like a cure to the whole entire rest of the day. But it definitely does help when I have bodily reactions. Mm-hmm. And also words of affirmation. Like that's where your words of affirmation comes in. Even hearing it from yourself. And words are so powerful. They are. Like, if you look yourself in the mirror and, like, you say all these terrible things about yourself and, like, you're going to start to believe it Mm -hmm. because, like, you see yourself every single day. And, like, it's definitely hard to be, like, well, I'm beautiful no matter what, you know. But I think I'm really proud of you for doing that. Thank you. And I think you are very successful when it comes to like, thank you. I think anxiety. you are too. I think you compliment yourself very well. Oh, thank you. Um, but with that, did you ever try the medications for your I never did. No. no yeah. Um, I never went to the doctor for my anxiety. Yeah. Um, but I do have doctors tell me like when I'm about to get my blood drawn or get any type of needle work done, mm-hmm. they always tell me, Oh, just look away, like just look away. But like it's disregard not it. Yeah, disregard yeah. it. But like it's so much bigger than that. Yeah, it's I get not it. It's not particularly the needle. It's like how I feel when I have to be. And the thought of it. Yeah, when Mm -hmm. I have to be confronted in that situation. So it's like 
that's super frustrating is when people tell me just look away like it's like no no like you don't understand like you're making like it makes me feel like I'm a child like yeah absolutely yeah like yesterday I was constantly apologizing to the staff I felt like I was like inconveniencing all of them and so like I kept apologizing and they told me like don't apologize like it's okay like this is so normal and they made me feel comfortable and I think with anxiety when you make people feel comfortable or like you make people feel like they have a safe space is when you help their anxiety rather than being like oh just get over it like making them feel worse yeah Yeah. making them feel worse or being like why are you anxious like there's nothing to be anxious about yeah like I bet (laughs) yeah I bet you've been told that and how does that make you feel I want to slap them yeah me too and I I always start off by saying too like I promise I'm not crazy or like (laughs) I promise like you know it, this is just how I feel and I can't explain it and I know it doesn't make sense to you but just please listen yeah and with your relationship was it difficult for Nick to understand your anxiety at first because it, with Jacob it was really difficult for him to understand he he knew anxiety he was familiar with it but he had never experienced it none of his loved ones experienced it so it was an adjusting period for sure of me trying to tell him, okay, when I'm anxious, like, I don't need you to just give me space. Like, I need you to do this and, like, rub my head and, like, give me a hug and hold me and make sure that I feel safe. Yeah. And so what was the any changes that Nick did to make you feel better? Or even, like, you introducing him? To- well, honestly, Nick shocks me, like, to this <laughs> day, just because it makes me feel crazy because he's so perfect. Like, I just don't understand <laughs> it. And I know that sounds so cheesy, but, like, he – so with the connecting to the anxiety, when everything went down in my life where I I would say from like 16, 18 years old, where I just hit like rock bottom. Yeah. That was a hard time for he you. He dealt with it so good. And like I couldn't have I, I I couldn't have done it without him. Yeah. I honestly feel like I wouldn't be alive without Aww. him because he handled supporting me and letting me talk mm-hmm. and like being my biggest advocate in ways that like I couldn't even express. Yeah. And I'm very grateful for that because with a guy just mm-hmm. I mean kind of with Jacob or yeah. any other honestly any other man in the world. Yeah. You have to teach them mm-hmm. a little bit. Like you have to teach them how to reciprocate what you want yeah. or like deal with what you're going through. And somehow Nick just got it. <laughs> oh, that's I, sweet. I, I, can't, I can't explain it. He just got it. That's so sweet. Yeah, with anxiety, even my mom has anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, like, my dad, like, tries to help her. And she's one of those people with anxiety that needs space. And, like, she doesn't want anyone touching her. She needs everyone away from her. She needs to be alone. And my dad is like me, like, very, very sensitive, super, like, touchy. And, like, he loves to just be that, like, person for her. Right. And that's not what she needs. And so he's always had to learn, like, to give her space and, like, ask her what she wants. And um, I think it's really special that Nick just, like, got it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, we're not great. that perfect. Like, <laughs> like one thing we always dealt with in our relationship was me asking, are you okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because my <laughs> own insecurities were – oh, he's going to leave me. He doesn't love me anymore. Or there's something off when really it's just like, he's not holding my hand. And I would probably (laughs) ask, like, if that was an issue, I'd asked him probably like five times a day. Are you okay? Like, are we okay? Mm -hmm. And to the point where it was like, Tara, you need to stop. Like you need to have trust in our relationship and be like, um, what's the word? Like confident. Yes. You need to be confident in us or this is just not going to work. And Mm -hmm. so 
I still do it a yeah. little bit. <laughs> I mean, it's, I feel like it's normal, especially being in a long-term relationship. Yeah. And how long have you guys been together? Five years in May. Five years. Yeah. From what, 16? 16, sophomore year in And high how school. old are you now? 21. Wow. 16 to 21. Yeah. You've and he's, he's a year older than me, though. So he's 22 in July. Wow. That is crazy yeah crazy long-term relationships are definitely controversial at a young age so how did you deal with like not like the backlash but like I'm sure your family or your friends were like I don't know like you want to experience things when you are out of high school so growing up in a relationship was that difficult for you not at all because I <laughs> I think you have a so, lot of your own opinions. So I think, yes, I think it's, that helps. it's me. Yeah. It's, it's no one else. It's me. Mm-hmm. I mean, a little backstory for people who don't know. Me and Nick have known each other since middle school. He's yeah. been one of my best friends since middle school. <laughs> so my, my parents already knew him. He's already been in my house. All my friends grew up with him as well. Mm-hmm. And so actually everyone pushed him and I to date. Yeah. And I always friend zoned him. <laughs> and so when we finally did get together – because all of me. <laughs> I mean, yes. Maybe Haley. But everyone was so happy. Yeah. My friends, my family, no one has said, you know, you should experience a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. I kind of did. I mean, I didn't date a lot of people. I did yeah. have one previous boyfriend in middle school. Didn't count. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> didn't count. <laughs> didn't, definitely did not count. But yeah. I had like little flings. But, you know, Nick, I, Nick has done everything right in a relationship yeah so why would you and like it's like when couples so why want up, more yeah why want more yeah. like why do you want somebody else to say that you experienced another person like yeah I'm not against like breaking up if you feel like you're you're not meant to be together but I think the issue is with like people in college or people in high school about to graduate like they don't think that it's doable to do yeah. a long distance relationship. Totally. So, and you said earlier in the podcast that it was the best thing for you. So, why do you think it was like the best thing for your guys? Is really because we went from hanging out every single day in mm-hmm. high school, like directly out of school, come yeah. to my house, hang out, to seeing each other once a month. Mm-hmm. maybe I remember we didn't see each other at towards the end of the school year for like three months because we wow. went to Coachella in April oh, yeah. and I saw him there for like four days and then I didn't see him until I think like July June, no way July. wow yeah. but I think that was the best thing that happened for our relationship because it made the heart grow fonder Oh, yeah. Like we said earlier, I just think it's special when you have like that time apart because it it gets to feel like you're alone, but you have this person that is like out there for you that still wants to be with you. And it's like you get to identify a little bit of yourself being alone and being alone is super important. But at the same time, you you can always be alone in a relationship. Like yeah. you can find yourself even being in a relationship. But some people just need to be alone in their life to like get to know each other or get to know themselves and get to know what they like and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's really interesting that you guys yeah. like – We both learn to be independent and grow as our own. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we now are assets to each other yeah. in a way. Yeah. But – um. I think it's really special that you guys are able to have independent lives. And it's crazy because you – I wouldn't say you were the most independent person in high school. Oh, no. But I think (laughs) – I think I wasn't either. I needed my mom to go with me everywhere. I Mm -hmm. needed someone with me everywhere. And I think when I grew out of high school into college, 
and going to college, like, obviously, you go by yourself, and, like, I registered by myself. I did all these, all this stuff by myself, so even you moving out of your childhood home, basically, and, like, doing this whole new chapter, like, that was a huge phase in your life where you could have been alone, but you've decided not to, and that made your heart grow bigger, and I think that's really, really special. So, you mentioned that um, people have possibly said to you, like, you shouldn't be in a relationship. You should test out the waters per mm. se. First of all, who has said that to you? <laughs> who do I need to fight? But second of all, how do you deal with that? I think so. I look at it as like you said, like if there's nothing wrong in the relationship and if I'm happy and if things are doing good and I'm moving forward, like what else is there to look for? Like why would I leave a relationship that I'm happy in and that's growing and that has this history of us growing up together and then also obviously going through hard times like every relationship does and like being there for each other through times where we really needed someone and um there's nothing wrong with my relationship so I think it was difficult for me to hear that because it made me feel like oh like I need to be single in my 20s like I need to be single when I'm 18 going into college because people say like you want to test the waters you want to see like which relationship is best for you and all this kind of stuff and the person you want to be with and like the person you want to be. But I think, I don't think that's really true. I think it really depends on the person. Like my parents got married when they were 18 and they were like each other's second boyfriend and girlfriend. And so I think it's difficult for me to be like, well, I mean, I could test out the waters, but like, why? Yeah. Like, what is the, like, I have to think about like, what is the real reason? Like, cause I, I can't find a good enough reason like yeah. that makes sense to me other than like, obviously I know like having a breakup can be a really big like glow up and like, you're really confronting who you are in that time. And, but I'm, I don't want to, you know, like yeah, I'm not, absolutely. I'm not miserable. Like I'm happy in my relationship. So dealing with that was hard. Like in the beginning, um, when we first got home from the senior trip and a bunch of drama happened yeah. and we had a lot of people against us, that was really difficult for me to be like, no, I'm going to choose this person because I love him. And this is who I want to be with for however long. And if it gets longer, like awesome, like that's who I meant to be with. And if it doesn't, that's okay, because life happens. Right. And I think when people think about a relationship, like their ultimate goal is to get married. And that's a great goal. But like, personally, I'm not like, obviously, I see myself marrying him like, duh, (laughs) but like, I'm not like, a big future person like I really love to live in the moment and I know that you are a planner and like you love to plan your things so I bet hearing this is like oh my (laughs) gosh but being like an optimistic person who just is like oh let's live in the moment like if this goes on it goes on if it doesn't like it's gonna suck but I'll deal with it and we'll move on and so being a planner like what do you think that's done for your mental health because I know there can be times where it's good for you and then times where it's just absolutely draining I wouldn't say draining it's just (laughs) just, um it's sometimes bad because I find myself being asked to do really spontaneous things Mm -hmm. and since I'm not given a like notice like at least 24 hour notice yes I I can't do it yeah because it's just I my body my brain does not work Mm -hmm. that way like I need a notice and so planning out things I love yeah does that help your anxiety uh yeah Yeah. I would say so I mean I don't really have like that prevalent anxiety like I used to Mm -hmm. um but it definitely helps like when it comes to school like I write stuff down in the calendar and Mm -hmm. stuff but um 
Yeah, I love, love, love planning. If it wasn't for planning, I'd be a mess. I'd be, un- I'd be unorganized. <laughs> that I'd be is all so over funny. the place. I love planning. Things. That's so funny because I hate planning things. Like <laughs> literally, so backstory: me and Tara were in a friend group where we we would surprise each other with <laughs> birthday parties. Like on our birthday, we spent it all with each other, and it was like every birthday for all four of us, there was something crazy going on. Like we all knew that our friend group was going to do something for each other, and. It came to Tara's birthday, and I'm like, oh, gosh, she's the planner. She's the one that does all the planning, and then the non-planners are, like, in charge of it. And we're like, oh, my God. I don't even remember what we did for your birthday. What did we do? But it was – oh, we went, went to camping. Oh, we did go camping. <laughs> what, are you, what am I saying? <laughs> I think your mom – I think your parents did a lot of that, though. Yeah, like, I we think they definitely – Yeah, so I mean, we they went, put up the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, so we went beach camping, but – um. For one of my birthdays, I, was I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I was at Stagecoach. So I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's um, a country music festival that I go to every year. And it usually falls on my birthday weekend. So I never have really spent my birthday at home until the last two years. And <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just like, stop. <laughs> and so they were like, yeah, I don't think we're going to do anything. And so I was like, thinking that they were going to surprise me because like you know they're telling me like they're not going to do something for me to like make me think that they aren't but they're going to surprise me and this happens to me all the time like when Jacob's running late to my house even I'm like oh he's stopping to get me flowers (laughs) (laughs) like I like I that's why he's late of course yeah that's why he's late or he's picking up chicken nuggets yeah I just know and then he doesn't show up and then I'm like mad at him yeah I'm like why didn't you do that for me and he's like well I didn't know I was supposed to I'm like well why were you late then? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they didn't plan anything for me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I look back at it now and I and think it was it's fucked up. <laughs> I'm going to say it. It was. Like, I'm so sorry. I should have planned something for It's totally out of my character to do that. I'm so sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not mad at you. I just look back at it now and I'm like, that is so funny that I was mad about that. Because, no, like, I'd be mad. I'd be so mad. <laughs> I think that's where your planner anxiety comes in because you're like, I should have planned something. <laughs> hey, we do have a 21st birthday coming up, though. Whose is it? Yours. <laughs> we just celebrated Tara's 21st birthday. We did. That was a fun night. How interesting is it to be turning 21? It probably feels illegal to be drinking. I haven't used my ID once. Really? Actually, yeah, I used the first time I used it since the end of February on my birthday mm-hmm. was last weekend. Out to dinner. No way. I got a lemon drop for the first time. Never you tried like it? that. It was, it, it got me on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> like one and I was feeling like fun and flirty. Yeah. And I got two and I was like, this is fun. Where was it at? A market boiler. Oh, I've never. Oh, yeah. Dude, really good happy hour specials. Really? really I've good. never been there. It looks really good. How's the food? Is it good? Yeah. Oh. They don't have a lot of gluten-free options, but it's Ugh, the gluten-free once again. <laughs> once again. <laughs> yeah, being 21 is fun. I'm excited for you to join the gang. Ugh. You can go to Vegas or Miami. Miami? Or like Nashville or something. I don't know. I would love to just stay at home on my birthday. Let's do it. Even better. <laughs> Let's do it. And get absolutely obliterated. Uh, what is it? Obliterated? Obliterated. 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 <laughs> Obliterated. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not very sure. 
Um, but thank you so much for being on. I want to talk about our friendship for one second before we end. Okay. And just say that it's the easiest thing to be friends with you. Like, it is so easy. And I want to say that I'm so grateful to have you as a friend. I love you. And it's just, you're just one of those people that's easy to talk to. I can confide in everything for you. And like I said, everyone needs a friend like you. You'll definitely be my bridesmaid. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! I love you too. Thank you for having me. You better not. You better not um, make me wear an ugly dress. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, Nick, if you're listening, um, don't make her choose ugly colors. Oh hell no! (laughs) She's like, I'm choosing. (laughs) I'm the planner. I'm planning the whole thing. (laughs) Um, but do you want to plug your new YouTube channel coming out? Oh yeah, we could talk about that before we go so I got into nursing school yay a BSN program at a university so exciting um yeah so I got into nursing school so I plan on creating like a whole nursing Instagram account Mm -hmm. that's very educational but also follows me through my journey and then possibly YouTube account maybe even a little TikTok TikTok is easy to go viral on you should make that one yeah yeah (laughs) so I mean, my regular Instagram is at Tara Siriani. Can you spell your last name? Uh, S-E-R-I-A-N-N-E. <laughs> they're like typing it in their search browser right now. Um, but my nursing account will probably be like um, Nurse Tara or mm-hmm. something along the lines of those. Mm-hmm. But Well, we'll keep you guys updated. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on. I'm so excited for everyone to listen to this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave me a review on Apple at Happy You're Here. And then also follow my podcast Instagram at Happy You're Here Podcast. Thank you guys so much. We were so happy that you're here.